everyone. Thanks for joining us today for this message in our series on Paul's letter to the Galatians. Last week, Ian kicked us off in this series of messages by making a statement which I really liked. He said, the message of Galatians is dynamite because it proclaims the life-changing, world-changing power of the good news of Jesus Christ. I really believe that's true. Paul writes to the churches in Galatia that he had founded, and he writes this letter where he's really uh, defending the gospel message. He's warning the churches there that to add anything to Jesus or to mingle ag other agendas with the message of Christ and the salvation that only he can bring through his death on the cross is to undermine the dynamic power of the gospel message. And that's why Paul reacted so strongly when he heard that false teachers had entered into the churches in Galatia and begun to teach that they, yes, it's good to believe in Jesus, it's good to put your trust in Him, but you need to add certain things to the gospel message. You need to add some of the rules and regulations of, of, of the Jewish uh, tradition. You need to be uh, circumcised, for example. You need to keep certain special days and, and keep certain regulations and rules that will make your relationship with God much better. And Paul knew that to do that was to destroy the gospel itself. And so Paul sends this letter to the churches in Galatia to defend the gospel message in its purity and in its power. And he starts it off by telling some of his own story and how God had transformed his life through an encounter with Jesus Christ. And I'm going to put myself in the, try to put myself in the shoes of the Apostle Paul and share with you some of that story here with you today. Paul starts it off like this. He said, I'm not here trying to please people. I want to please God. If I were just a people pleaser, I wouldn't be able to be a servant of Christ. Listen, my friends. I want you to know that no one made up the message that I preached to you. It wasn't given to me or taught to me by some mere humans. My message that I shared with you of Christ came directly by revelation from Jesus Christ himself. I encountered Jesus face to face on my way to Damascus when I was going as a, a zealous Jewish leader to persecute Christians there. You know how I used to live as a Jewish leader, a Pharisee. I violently persecuted the church. I wanted to destroy the followers of Jesus. I was far ahead of my fellow countrymen in my burning zeal to keep the traditions of our ancestors. And I even uh, stood against Christ and his purposes. But Jesus made it real to me that even before I was born, God had chosen me and called me to be his servant. And he did it by his marvelous grace. It pleased God to reveal his son to me so that I would proclaim the good news about Jesus everywhere to the Gentile nations. I didn't immediately rush out to uh, consult with those who were apostles. Instead, I, I went into Arabia and spent time there. Later, I returned back to the city of Damascus. 
But after three years, I did visit Peter in Jerusalem, and I stayed with him for 15 days. I also met with James, the, the Lord's brother there in Jerusalem. And after that, I went back into the region of Syria and Cilicia, the area that I grew up in. And I had no more contact with the church in Jerusalem or any of the churches in Judea. And then 15 years later, I went back to Jerusalem again. And this time I was with Barnabas, my co-worker, and, and Titus came along too. And I went there because God had revealed to me that I should go there. And while I was there, I met privately with those considered to be leaders of the church there, and I, I explained the good news that I had been preaching to the Gentiles. And, and I, I wanted to make sure that we were all in one accord on that. And the apostles there did agree with the message I preached, and they, they stood with me in that. And Titus, who had joined with us in that, in that visit, was an uncircumcised Greek. But the leaders of the church in Jerusalem made no demand that he should follow the Jewish practice of circumcision. Now, this question of circumcision only came up because some so-called believers, who were really false believers, they wormed their way into our meeting to spy out and to take away the freedom that we had in Jesus Christ. They wanted to enslave us and force us to follow their Jewish laws and regulations. But we refused to give in to them. We didn't do it for even one second. We wanted to preserve the truth of the gospel message for you. And the leaders of the church had nothing to add to what I was preaching. By the way, their reputation as great leaders made no real difference to me because God has no favorites. But they accepted Barnabas and me as their co-workers. They encouraged us to keep preaching the gospel that we were preaching to the people of other nations while they would continue on there in Judea proclaiming the good news to the Jews. Well, that is the story some of it anyway, that Paul shared with those churches in Galatia. You can read that story for yourself in Galatians chapters 1 and 2, and I, I really encourage you to do that. Pick up your Bible and read the first two chapter, chapters of, of Galatians. Now I want to return back to a statement that Paul made when he was sharing his story. It goes like this. It's found in Galatians chapter 1, verses 15 through 16. He says, But even before I was born, God chose me and called me by His marvelous grace. Then it pleased Him to reveal His Son to me so that I would proclaim the good news about Jesus to the Gentiles. Well, I'd like to share a little bit of my own story with you now. Shortly, after I became a follower of Jesus, I began to read the New Testament. I read through the Gospels, and I read the book of Acts, and then I began to read the epistles. And when I got to the book of Galatians, or the, Paul's letter to the Galatians, I was profoundly impacted by it. Those words that, that we just read from the scripture there in Galatians chapter 1 really caught my attention. And other things that Paul was saying just grabbed my mind and my thinking. 
Paul had just said that, as he told his story, that he would, had been an enemy of the Christians. He had been an enemy of the church. He wanted to destroy the church. And in the same breath, he says, before I was born, I realized God chose me and called me by his marvelous grace. It pleased God to reveal Jesus to me. I found that mind-blowing. I was amazed. Paul, an enemy of the church. I mean, he's not somebody who won God's favor by the things he was doing. No, but it says God, by his grace, was pleased to reveal his salvation to Paul through Christ alone and the work that he did on the cross. Now, I was raised in a Christian home. My parents had a genuine relationship with Jesus. And in my early years, we attended church. But it seems that the, the church we attended had a strong tendency to focus on keeping rules and, and, and maintaining good behavior in order to be accepted by God. And I, I, kind of, I kind of thought that way and believed that way. And I would often hear messages preached about how if we don't really get our lives in order and we don't really behave well, we're in danger of hell fire. And I, I would get scared. I didn't want to go to hell. And so I'd begin to ask the Lord in the meeting, at, at the end of the meeting, for his forgiveness. And, and then I'd make some promises. I'd say, well, I'm going to turn over a new leaf, Lord. I, I'm going to change. I'm not going to do those things anymore. I'm not going to sin anymore. I'm not going to break the rules anymore. I want to do the right stuff. And I was sincere in the prayer, but usually within a few days, typically, I, I, I'd soon kind of get over the fear of hell and, and I'd, I'd, go, I'd find myself drifting back into my sinful habits. And, 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 and sooner or later, I was just uh, felt like, wow, I, I, I don't think I'm even a Christian. I think I've lost my salvation. I don't feel like, I don't feel like God accepts me anymore. And so there finally came a time in my early adolescence or my youth that I, I kind of gave up. I really didn't feel I could be a follower of Jesus. I didn't feel like I could really stay with it and really please God like I felt that I should. So in those days, I went out and became a hippie back in the 1960s. And I bought into the hippie lifestyle and the promise that it was going to bring freedom to me and give me a new start and and we could enjoy peace and, and love and all that. And, and so uh, within a couple of years of that, I found myself deeply disillusioned. But about that time, I met two guys who had also been in the whole hippie lifestyle and they'd been using some hard drugs and they were, had gotten addicted to drugs. And, and they shared with me about how someone had told them about Jesus and his power to save and deliver if they would call on him. And so they did. They, they called out to Jesus and asked him to come and set them free and give them, give them new life. And they told me that God did a miracle in them and that they found Jesus not only give them new hope and, and entered into their lives, but he also broke the, the chains of the addiction that they had had. Well, later on that same day, I prayed to the Lord something like this. I said, Jesus, many times I've tried to follow you, and each time I've failed. And I'm sorry about the way I am, and I'm sorry about the things I've done. But I need you to do a miracle in me. 
I need you to do what you did in those two guys that told me you did a miracle in them. Please do that miracle in me. Well, I didn't have a bright light hit me or anything like that, but I'll tell you, a new peace settled over my heart as I cried out to the Lord like that, as I looked up to Him in desperation, needing Him to help me. And I knew that presence was the presence of Jesus. And I just wanted to stay with Him. I wanted to keep looking toward Him. I got my eyes off, off of myself and onto the Lord. I got my eyes off my own performance and on, onto what the Lord was doing in me and what He had done for me at the cross. And out of that, I found I wanted to please Him. So for starters, I, I got rid of the drugs that I had around, and I, 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 I didn't make promises. I didn't say, I'm never going to do it again. I, uh, I didn't have confidence in my promises that I would make like that. And a short time later, I was prayed for. I got filled with the Holy Spirit, and I felt a new boldness come over me, not only to trust in Jesus, but to start telling my friends about what had happened to me. I started talking to my friends, and some of them, too, came to faith in Jesus. I got to say that I realized Jesus had changed my life, but I somehow felt I kind of had slipped in the back door somehow. And uh, I, I just couldn't be making promises to Jesus that I was going to be able to keep all of the rules that I felt that were being handed to me. I, I couldn't make these commitments. and I just simply cried out to him for his miracle. And uh, he did it. Well, when I started reading through the Bible, as an, er, a young Christian, I came to this letter to the Galatians, and I'll tell you, it was like dynamite in my life. Paul's letter to the Galatians and his story that he told about how before he encountered Jesus, he was an enemy of the gospel. He wanted to destroy the church. He wanted to lock up the Christians and shut their mouths so they could, couldn't keep preaching about Jesus anymore. And he wanted people to follow the rules. He wanted to follow all the rules of, of the Jewish law. And he did it as hard as he could. He tried harder. And every time he tried, he said, basically, he failed at it and and he couldn't keep it up and it was like an endless cycle in his life of trying out of his own works to gain God's approval and time and time again he failed and I could relate I could understand exactly what he was saying but after this encounter with Jesus Paul said that his life had been totally changed and now he was putting his full trust in Jesus and he had always, Jesus had always loved him. God the Father had always, always loved him. The Holy Spirit, the triune God, had always loved him and absolutely wanted to save him. As a matter of fact, was pleased to make himself known to Paul. And he is absolutely, Paul is absolutely, positively sure that by trusting in the faithfulness of Christ, he had received God's full acceptance. And I knew that was for me too. God accepted me, not because of my performance, not because I'd been effective in keeping the rules, but because of what Jesus had done for me on the cross. 
Now Paul is caught up in the purposes of God. He's making the good news, good news about Jesus known everywhere. That's his delight. That's his joy. He, he will contend for the message of the gospel. And he knows that the message of Jesus Christ is able to transform the whole world. And one day when he returns again, the whole world will be totally transformed into a new heaven and new earth. Well, that's the wonderful picture Paul paints in the book of Galatians. I was absolutely astonished as I read it. I realized that I hadn't somehow slipped in the back door, but by the grace of God alone, I had been led through the only door there is into God's kingdom, and that is through Christ alone, by simply trusting in Him and what He's done. Have you put your trust in Jesus today? He really is the Savior of the world. He died and rose again from the tomb so that through faith in Him, we could receive life eternal and be part of His glorious plan to make that news known all around the world. He will not turn you away if you cry out to Him. So please, Turn your life to Him today if you don't know Him yet. He will receive you and He will give you new life. God bless you.